Hey guys, it's Hadley. And it's Emily. And the bitches are back. And things are going to get dark. Damned. And disturbed. Hello guys. So we are back and the we is slightly different this time because <laughs> Emily is not here. She was supposed to be, but she's not. She's not. Um, not shout out to Emily. And so, <laughs> but we are here with my very near and dear friend, Miss Bree. And Bree hosts a podcast. It's called Those Meddling Kids, where they watch and like review scary movies. It's pretty cool. I've listened to it. I enjoy it. Um, but we were literally just talking about how <laughs> Dr. One of us listens to podcasts anymore because we have our own podcast. Um, but yeah, I've known Bree for, what are we on? Like, two and a half years something like that, that um, yeah something like that she is absolutely lovely um oh she, oh it's true oh, though <laughs> absolutely lovely but we have the, i mentioned in an episode a few weeks ago that like we had some spooky stuff planned for halloween and that we were gonna have a special guest this is her the most specialist of the guests and i do believe you're gonna be our first guest on here i think at some point my sister's gonna hop on one of oh these gosh. but you, your episode, you're, we're at least, you're the first one we're recording with a guest. Yours might not be the first one that gets <laughs> with a guest, but you're the first one that's being recorded with a guest. Um, I am so, so honored. Thank you. Yes, yes, absolutely. What And, like, that was what I always thought, too. I was like, Bridget's going to be the first, or Bridget's going to be the first one that we do this with. Like, I, I already knew it. Because of what, what the vibe was here, I was like, it's got to be her. Like, there's no way. Um, that's like, um, Pat and I have been talking. Pat's my co-host for those meddling kids. And I was like, listen... I have friends who also do a podcast and they need to come on for one of the movies, but I think we need to find a tamer movie. <laughs> because I forced you to go see the It movie with me. <laughs> oh my God. And you know, like Gary, Gary had the time of his life. He was like, oh, that, because Gary made me, it's funny, both of y'all made me go watch those movies. Gary made me watch the first one and then the three of us made me watch the second one. And I was just like, why do y'all hate me? Like, I have to say, though, the second one, it was a little bit easier to put my toes into because I kind of yeah. knew what to expect. The first one with Gary, like, <laughs> that one, I was, like, definitely, like, sitting in the theater with, like, my shirt over my eyes. Like, Gary, get me out of here. I was like, I don't want to watch this. And Gary and I are just, they're like, <laughs> Yeah, the two, the two of them had a, a, a grand old time. But then me, I was literally sitting there like, uh, uh, can we leave? Like, I think we're out of popcorn. Like, hold on. Hello. <laughs> but yeah, so um, Bree's here and she's going to tell us some spooky ghost stories because she is the person that I know on this planet that has the most amount of ghost <laughs> stories. And I feel like it's one thing to like listen to Emily and I tell stories of like places that are haunted and you know, that in and of itself is scary. But when you have someone that you know and like, you know, I, I know Bree firsthand, I know her very well. And so it's different, like, to watch someone who's been through it, like, tell their story. It's a whole different thing because, like, you can, and I've heard the stories in person. So, like, I can see the, like, actual, like, concern in her eye and, like, the, no, this is how I felt. And um, so it's different and it adds, like, another, to me, it adds another layer of, like, fear <laughs> into it and anxiety. But before we get into Bree's ghost stories, Bree's from Pennsylvania, and so I did mm -hmm. some digging, and I found some spookies. I found some spookies in Pennsylvania, and you may know of this. And I really didn't realize. Like, I thought Pennsylvania was just full of like chocolate and Amish people. 
Um, <laughs> I was very mistaken. You're not wrong. There was so much. That, like, there was so much stuff that popped up. Like, and then was it? I think the Eastern State Penitentiary is in Pennsylvania Correct. as well, right? Yeah. So like mm-hmm. that. And I saw. So I was like, this is because when I was re like researching for this, that popped up, and I was like, nay, nay, I say I've already covered that. So, <laughs> but. This is the Legend of the Seven Gates of Hell. Have you heard of this? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was literally like, I was thinking about it, and I was like, you know, she probably already knows about it, but um, especially because I know it's also right up your alley. But I couldn't find a ton of information on it because it really is just a legend, and it's, from what I can understand, it's like, it's kind of a newer one. Like, it's not, hasn't been around for, like, a long time. Like, I'm not sure if you listened to it yet, but we covered the Bean Clan, which, like, the Bean Clan has been around for a long time. Like, it's a legend that's, like, hundreds of years old this is not that so there's not not, like there's not a ton of interpretation there's not a ton of like different endings like there were with the bean clan but we're gonna go ahead and jump into this so that way we can get to the actual nitty-gritty which is breed's ghost stories because i'm thank god it's the middle of the day because i've heard them before and i get spooked but it's the middle of the day and in that in my brain that means a boulder guys can't get me so (laughs) but (laughs) in york county pennsylvania there's a legend about seven particular gates that when walked through correctly are said to be an open an opening to an entrance to hell. Um, no, thank you. <laughs> Town of Hellum was founded in 1739 and it is said to be full of forestry, lakes, wildlife, and waterfalls, but also they neglected to include like a portal to hell that I and guess death. Yeah, I guess you can't advertise that your town has a portal to hell. Unless, but I mean, I like, would. Luckily Village over in the UK, I'm not sure if you heard that episode, um, but she, like, no, she, I just call it an entire village of she. Luckily, <laughs> Luckily Village, they do advertise it, like, they literally are like, we're the most haunted village in the UK, come on in, like, you know, the, the that's brave, but, um. <laughs> I mean, I, I come from, like, a stance of everything is content, so I'm like, yeah, York, get on that. Yeah, like, do it, come on. Uh, so the legend of the seven gates is a very popular urban legend, but the people who live in Helm are said to be less thrilled about these gates and the story around them, uh, which is totally understandable. Um, could you imagine just like having random teenagers like driving all over your town trying to find these gates? Because it never fails. It's like stupid teenagers that are the ones. Yeah, I mean, and who knows how they will escalate it then too. Right, right. So and then the you're le- gonna have Zay- exact baggins coming in screaming. Yeah, in the middle of the woods in the middle of the night you just like oh it's okay you're fine we're, you're good um so literally bridget or brie and i uh we go she is who i'm always sending back zach bagan means to because um baggins means i get his name mixed up all the time it's like is it bagans or baggins i don't know whatever i send her ghost adventures memes all the time because me and her watch ghost adventures and literally <laughs> Every time I see a meme that's like, 47 people died in the basement and there's an actual demonic possession that's recorded there. Aaron, you're going to the basement. Like, every time, every time I find a meme, I send it to her. So we uh, we stand ghost adventures in this friendship. So um, there are, so the legend says that there are a series of portals in the, um, that when you open them in a certain way, they open an entrance to hell. There are a few different versions of the portals, but of the stories of the portals, but the most common one is that the story links that the gates were to a former insane asylum on the outskirts of town. 
the story said that there was a fire in the asylum in the 19th century, which allowed some of the very dangerous inmates to escape, and some of them were recaptured, and some of those that were recaptured were, were beaten and killed, and some of the others were trapped inside the, like, burning building. So, basically, it, it's really got all the fixings to be a super haunted, super spooky uh-huh, place, uh-huh. which is a nightmare when you mix all of those things together, you just get this lovely, like, demonic yeah. disaster. Um, but for the gates themselves, the legend says that the first gate is only visible by daylight, and it lies on private land just off of a road. Very descriptive. Private land just off a road. <laughs> Very obvious where it is. Welcome to Pennsylvania. <laughs> Once night comes creeping in, the other gates become visible in this area, and it's said to be a quiet and wooded area. Passing through all seven of the gates opens the door and takes the person straight to hell. It is reported that no one has yet to pass gate number five and talk about the experience. And gate number five is said to be the most um, famous one because no one has ever made it past there. And another version of the story includes a local doctor, and he was described as psychotic and eccentric, which are two adjectives that I prefer my doctor be described with. Right. And he apparently owned the land, and he built this series of gates that would just lead people deeper and deeper into the forest. Uh, There's another version of the story that says there was a man in the 1950s who murdered his wife and children with a shotgun, and he impaled their corpses on the spikes of one of the gates. And before the house was torn down, bullet holes were visible in the garage and the wall on the inside of the house. Um, and from what I could find, the town does kind of denounce this story, and so it's likely not true. But it actually apparently does upset quite a few of the people that live there. The issue is is that there's no record of an asylum ever being there. And mm. the doctor did exist, but he only ever put one gate on his property. So... Um, but I found a few, like, things like this. You can't just Google, like, urban legend of it. Like, no, it's no, no. hard to find, like, they're not, it's a legend for a reason. It's hard to find anything that's actually factual without going there yourself. But um, it is on private property. So let's just not be busting out into the countryside of Pennsylvania and going on other people's property, guys. But there's a few, like, trip websites. Like, it's on, like, TripAdvisor or something. Girl, I was like, what is this? It's like, what is this on TripAdvisor? And when you go, it's like, I tried to, like, read some of the reviews because I was like, maybe there will be people that have been. Um, And when I started, like, looking at the reviews, they were just like, um, you know, like, don't go here. Like, you need to, don't go to this place. Like, yada, yada, yada. Like, and it was not really um, super descriptive of why to not go there. But the creepiest thing that I found, and this is pretty much where the story wraps up, is that there was an author that wrote one article and he said that when he went to look he was out driving he was like because apparently you can see the first gate like from the road so he went to go look um and he didn't see any gates so he pulled over and he rolled the windows down in his car and he said that if you are patient enough and you're parked by like where the entrance supposedly is you can roll your windows down in your car and on a hot day with absolutely no breeze you will feel a cold breeze blow through your car and he was like it's like spine chillingly cold i literally i would crap my pants like not not a shot in the dark i would crap my pants like i literally would i would immediately need new pants because like that's this this is the kind of stuff that like this is about as dark as i could handle going like i don't it freaks me out to think that like people because this reminds me a lot of like the elevator game and the elevator oh, game gives me yeah. anxiety on a different level because every time i get in an elevator i'm like what if this is the one 
Like, what if someone else is playing this right now and I just got in in the middle of it and now here I am, I'm stuck in another dimension. Because um, it makes me think of the, like, I think it's Eliza Lamb, I think that's her name. The yeah. girl who died at the hotel in LA and that, like, people think she was playing that game because she was, like, coming in and out of the elevator. Um, this, it just gives me, like, the same vibe where it's, like, it's something that you can't get the answer to unless you do it yourself. And I have no desire to do it myself. And so that makes me more anxious because I want an answer because I'm nosy. But at the same time, I don't want to do it. But before Brie gets into telling us her ghost stories, I actually, it was Emily. She tagged me on a TikTok. And it was this girl that was like, what is something that the paranormal community is not ready to hear? And I was like, no, please, not me. Um, Don't tell me that. So this girl... (laughs) is sitting on, and I'll have to, I'll share the TikTok with you when, when we get off of here, but mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, she said that, and you you may or may not be able to contest this, you're a little bit more in tune with it than I am, but she said that there is no such thing as, like, your dead grandma hanging out around, there's no such thing as, like, your dead dad or your dead dog, like, it's, there's no such thing as a spirit that is actually, like, trapped somewhere, like, in the in-between she said that every spirit that is in a place is all demonic. Um, and she kind of explained, and like you, you may be able to elaborate farther, but she then, I believe she said something about like when she met God, like, I don't know if she had something happen where like, she had like a, one of those, where, like she died and came back kind of a thing. But mm-hmm. she said that like in her TikTok, when she met God, and I'm putting quotes on that because no one but her knows what happened to her, so I don't want to discount her experience if this right. is something that actually happened to her. But without, this is just like everything else, without having gone through it myself, it's hard to say like, yay or nay, because I haven't died. I'm very sorry. Um, and so... Well, I'm glad that you haven't. <laughs> right. I, th- I mean, at least a couple people are happy I didn't die. I haven't died. <laughs> but, um, but so she was saying that like when she met God, air quotes, that he told her like, she said that he showed her, like, these are all demonic. Like, anything that's in your house, she's like, it's huh. not, she's like, it's not just like your, she's like, listen, the homeowners that lived there a thousand years or a hundred years ago that died, and they just are, like, trapped there. She's like, that's, that's not what that is. She's like, every spirit that is on this planet that is, like, you think it's, like, a nice spirit or whatever, she was like, they are all demonic. And I was just like, all right, I was already kind of scared about that, but everybody else had convinced me the other way, so I don't need you to be in here doing that. Um, thank you. I feel personally victimized by your TikTok. But so I just thought that that was like an interesting little tidbit to throw in here before you talk about your ghost stories, because I know you have some that are not like, not the scariest, but like, you know, like it wasn't necessarily an unpleasant experience, but like, then you have some that I'm just like, Bridget, how are you alive? (laughs) How did you not die? Like, how did you have a heart attack? But, um... I'm like, there. It really, tr- it really freaked me out, and I'm not joking. I literally watched that like two minutes before you hopped on here, and I was like, I have to tell Bree. I was like, I can't. That, that's interesting and terrifying. Yeah. But also, then it's like that's coming from a very Judeo-Christian way of looking at it, you know. Yeah. So if you were coming at spirits from a more pagan view, or from, um, a, if you grew up like, you know talking to your ancestors and things like that then I think those folks will have kind of a different take um so it's hard to know really but that is something that has always scared me is like what if this is something pretending to be something else yeah that's something that scares me too I am gonna pause real quick so I can play Bridget's TikTok and 
it, I just don't want the audio to be recorded, but we, you guys, it will be a split second and we'll be back. <laughs> okay, so I got my story a little backwards. So we just watched it. Um, so she says that when she went to hell, so she's saying that she's been to hell. Once again, mm-hmm. I'm not going to discount her experience. I wasn't there. I don't know what happened. But, um, you know, she kind of just said that, like, you know, you think it's, she's like, I thought I saw my grandma in the kitchen. That was not my grandma in the kitchen. Like she said, whenever she was in hell, that like the Lord showed her what these things are and that sometimes that they're summoned there by witchcraft and like other times there's other ways I get there. She didn't really elaborate too much, but Bree's going to do a deep dive into her page and I'm sure I'm we find we'll, out. We'll probably do more episodes of Bree, um, <laughs> me and Emily especially. Like we'll have a little, a little free pack on here for a few episodes, I'm sure. But um, so, you know, there was, it was, it was just very, um, ominous that <laughs> i saw that right before i started recording with you and yeah. i was like no bridget's telling us or Bree's telling us ghost stories um <laughs> and so i was like no uh that's terrifying so yeah it definitely is gonna add a layer of fear but that is that's something that i always was afraid of because i grew up in a very strict catholic household right and my dad would always be like, well, there's no such thing as spirits. And we're going to go into this. But, like, I saw a ton of stuff in the house growing up. And I'm like, well, then what am I seeing? Yeah, well, like, I'm seeing all of these things. But Yeah. And it really scared very small me. Um, um, it scares very big adult me. Um, <laughs> I want to know it scared small me and big adult me. Okay. <laughs> um, but... I, yeah. let's just let's just go ahead and jump into it boo because i'm okay. i'm ready to have the crap scared out of me um and you can share as many stories as you feel comfortable with okay. i don't have any time kind of time constraint if you want to tell just one or two that's fine you can tell as many as you want to <sighs> all right let's, let's take a sip of tea first lubricate the throat yes um <laughs> i'm scared <laughs> i'm scared it's okay it's okay um so when hadley who is my very dear friend whom I'm so grateful for knowing asked if I could come be on the pod and tell some scary stories I was very excited to do it um I don't always tell a lot of my ghost stories because a lot of folks don't believe which is understandable and nobody has to believe like I don't expect anybody to believe me right then I was like I I can't tell you that I like I've said it time and time again I'm never afraid of like being in the presence of something because I I find it hard to believe that like we are alone like whether that's with Mm -hmm. aliens or spirits or whatever else but like um it's mainly just like and Brie knows this probably more than anyone it has always been an attachment thing for me because Mm -hmm. I've always been afraid that something's gonna attach and then when you have that fear of like somebody's gonna attach to me they can like a lot of times spirits can like sense your fear and then they particularly will like single you out sometimes it's almost like right. no, 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 no like i can't i personally i have never dealt with anything that i'm aware of that was an actual like spirit or an entity or a demon or a ghost or anything of that nature so i the way that my brain works is i can't tell you it's not real if i haven't if i haven't experienced it so yeah. i can't tell you a hundred percent like yes it's real because i've experienced it but i also can't tell you a hundred percent like it's not real because i haven't experienced like i haven't not experienced it so i don't know i have a very probably a weird outlook on it but i just am kind of like if there's a ton of people that have these stories so there has to be some validity to it at some point um and that i think that's what makes me even more scared is i'm like no there's so many people with ghost stories <laughs> but ugh, i'm scared okay go ahead 
Yeah. So then I was trying to be like, ooh, should I write everything down? Should I, how should I do it? And then I was like, no, we're just going to tell stories. I'm just going to kind of go, I think, more in chronological order and not like by the area because a lot of the places that I've been to, schools, houses, places that I've worked, I've seen things. Um, I don't really know what that means. I don't like to label it again because I don't know enough. And part of me doesn't want to do a whole lot of research into it because like Hadley said, sometimes if you open doors, it's hard to close them. Um, and I, 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 no, um, we're not at that place right now. Um, Mm -hmm. I also am only going to tell stories about things that happened to me myself. Um, there are legends, like urban legends around some of the places where there are things, but I'm not going to say those because I haven't, ex- if I haven't experienced it, um, because I want to, I don't know, give myself a little bit of a credibility, I guess, um, and be like, here's what happened to me. So um, my town that I grew up in is one of those very small coal mining towns that you drive through to get to other places, basically. Um, and so you know how the Appalachian Mountains go from down south down here um, all the way up towards like Allentown in Pennsylvania. I grew up around there. Like I legitimately grew up in the mountains. So we always grew up with things like, you know, don't go out after dark and don't always answer your name if you hear it called when it's dark outside. I just got to that side of TikTok and I was like, please get me off the side of TikTok. I was like, no. <laughs> and then there's like the girl who she has like her whole page is that. And I'm not, you probably have seen her videos, but mm-hmm. I can't remember her name. But then she was like going region by region and she was like the Pacific Northwest. And I was like, oh, uh, no, thank you. But also like I, Emily and I like just recorded a podcast with me in Florida and I'm already back in Washington. So my life is just, <laughs> my life's a disaster right now. I'm all over the place. Um, so... But like that's that's why I'm like the last episode we recorded I was like talking about Florida and now I'm back talking about Washington. But yeah, like she she scared because like she was like you know I know you're not supposed to say their names so she calls mm-hmm. them like she calls them like Winnebagos and whatnot because she doesn't want to like say the name. Mm-hmm. But, like, she was just like telling her stories about like walking her dog out in the woods and then like hearing her name and like you don't me I'm so stupid though like I'm I'm incredibly stupid but I'm incredibly intelligent at the same time. Gary says it's uh, a real talent of mine but like I'm the kind of person that like it would take me a minute to realize like I'd be like whoa what and I would like turn and look yeah. and then like that's all it takes and I'm gonna die. <laughs> It's, I'm like, no, I would, I'm, the, I'm just like, I just won't go to the woods. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. And that's the thing. So like, I grew up in an area where there's woods, but then there's also farms with like cornfields and stuff. And so it's a lot of just like, don't look at things in the night, like just kind of keep your eye on the road. But it's also like, you kind of have to look because there's a lot of deer. So, you know, you don't want to get hit by a deer. So like, you're kind of just deer. looking and every time you see something you're like okay well it's just a deer let's not focus on it yeah it's um deer deer the not deer um but so i grew up in this very small town my house was a big house um my dad got it real cheap because it really needed to be fixed up he's still fixing it up i think my father will be fixing up this house for his entire life um And what it was, was it was a home that folks owned. 
and they lived on like the bottom floor and then the top floor was rented out to coal miners um which was great for them because then you're not having to do like company storehousing and things like that so with coal mining um the mine owned your house it owned the store it owned all of those things and you lived off of credit and you were never going to get out of debt it was a way to keep people uneducated and working in the mines um but so with this place you could kind of get ahead a little bit and they had rooms um so we had a big basement because the miners would come down through the basement they'd get cleaned up and they'd go upstairs to the main floor and all this stuff so we moved there oh gosh when i was about two and a half three and i started having awful night terrors just real bad ones about being attacked um about and and it was weird because like my parents didn't really let me watch like a lot of scary stuff like we would have the news on but like it wasn't like there was no reason why like four-year-old me would be having very vivid dreams about us being like murdered and our animals murdered and having to go on the run like it was it was weird and now that i'm older i'm like oh that's kind of a warning sign you know when your tiny child is like i have dreams of blood you know like, I, I say it all the time children are freaking terrifying yeah really terrifying because they i and i could be incorrect and i think you can correct me here if i'm wrong um with like pets and children it's that the children are still considered to be like pure and innocent mm -hmm. and that's why they're able to see things correct and then like pets i don't think it's the pureness of the dogs or anything it's just like they're able to sense things that we can't but like that's that's correct with like the kids it's just because like kids are considered to be like pure and innocent that like they can see like demonic things and talk to ghosts and things like that that's right yeah well and also like it's that you don't have it stomped out of you yet the older you get the more people are like that's weird don't do that don't talk about that you know or they'll be like you know your religion will protect you or this will protect you or that you know like don't that's not there that's not real you know it's an imaginary friend it's a whatever um and the more you put up those shields and like those those blinders the less likely you are to see things because you're not open to it. I want you to know I have every shield, every blinder, and every pair of sunglasses on that I can have. So I'm Good. just blacked out over here. Don't don't talk <laughs> to me. Don't talk to me. Um, but so all of my memories of this house are kind of scary, <laughs> but also that it was my home. You know, like we moved there when I was pretty young. Like, but that is the first dream that I can ever remember having. Was that? And um, I used to see things in my room all the time, or I would hear people like stomping up and down the steps, um, like almost like in work boots. And my dad wouldn't be home. You know, my dad is a wonderful person. He's very busy. Um, when I was growing up, he worked his full-time job and then he also was a volunteer fireman. So there's lots of times that my dad wouldn't be home and he would be the only person with like those kind of work boots stopping up and down the stairs. And I would hear it and I would tell my parents and they'd be like, you're fine, you know, or I would wake up because I would see people like, you know, on the ground or standing over me, or I would just be having these night terrors and these nightmares. And my dad would come in 
and um, there was a convent that was next door that is no longer there and so we could see into the chapel and so he'd be like the consecrated host of Jesus is right there because again we were Catholic so right and he would pray with me and he'd be like nothing can touch you nothing's coming in here you know and then around that time my beautiful unicorn poster was taken down and he put up a kind of creepy sacred heart of Jesus which its eyes follow you and I don't know if it really helped or if it just freaked me out more you know but his intentions were always good um and my dad is one of those people who does not believe in ghosts he does not believe in spirits he says that the only spirit is the holy spirit and so there's nothing to fear in the house or anything like that and so he has never heard or seen anything staunchly yeah and i think too like i what i struggle with is i'm like there's a i think there's a line when it comes to these things where it's like mm -hmm. um you can kind of like detest their existence and that's fine and most of the time like from what i've seen and heard like a spirit usually like doesn't really care if you detest its existence because you're not walking like your dad's not walking around every day being like yeah. you don't exist you're not real like yeah. he just kind of, like in his head just is like boy. no it's not there like it's not real like but there are people who when you walk around and you're one of those people that's like frequently in an area that they um you know that that something could be there they will in a sense sometimes get offended and then that mm -hmm. can also make things worse like there's a little bit of a fine line yeah. to walk because yeah. If if what we're talking about is true, because I I can't tell you that it is, and I can't tell you that it isn't. I personally do. I believe you. I believe every word that's ever come out of your mouth. I know you have no reason yeah. to lie to me. Um, so like in your instance, it's like you know I believe everything that you've told me because like I think I've probably heard them all, um, if not all of them, most of them that you yeah. have to tell. And so I just it's a fine line to walk because you don't. Yeah. If you offend them, then it gets like then you're opening up a whole different ball game. And it's yeah. like, you don't want to, so, like, I know your dad wasn't walking around every day being like, oh, it's yeah. my home and you don't exist here. Like, blah, 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 oh, blah. Yeah. But, like, sometimes in an attempt to not acknowledge the problem, you can make a problem like that worse. Exactly. And, like, for him, it was just, you know, I'm praying through my day and I have nothing to fear. Of whom should I be afraid? To quote the good book. Um, so... But I would wake up and I would see like shadow people crawling on the floor from like under my bed. So now I have a very real fear and hadly seen it. I don't like to sit on couches or on beds. I tuck my legs up a lot because mm -hmm. I don't like to have my legs dangling. Um, and I know that there were minors who lived in that house at different times. And there also was a big cave in at the mine um, in our town because our town has one of the mines that stayed open the longest in the country before like you know they shut down a whole lot of stuff because of um, how unsafe the work conditions were and everything and now you know coal mines they um, they've really made it a lot safer for people and things like that but like this mine ended up being privately owned so then they were able to kind of squeak by for longer um so there were cave-ins and things like that where there are people who are buried and who have never been gotten out they've never their bodies have never been excavated because that was not what the company did because that was too much money you know like if they could get a body out they would legitimately put it in a wheelbarrow bring it on the front porch and if you didn't have somebody else who could work in the mine at that time you just were evicted from your home 
it was a tough time. It was really rough. Um, and so I always think now that I'm older and I, I worked at that mine as a tour guide for a little while, I think that perhaps there were people who didn't make it out and who were trying to get home and were trying to crawl out, you know, and maybe it's just like a weird echo. But again, I don't know. Um, well, that girl that we just saw on TikTok said it was there for a reason, girl. So it was a demon. Exactly. But, you know, whatever yeah, the truth is. The demon crawling out from hell underneath my bed. Great. Yeah, whatever um, the truth is. I don't know. Yeah. I like your um, version of the story better if it means anything. Yeah. Like just more kind of like an echo. Um, I always think that there are ghosts who it's just energy. Like a death echo is just energy. Like when you rub your hands right. together real, real fast. Um, and I could go and I could put my hands over you. You're going to feel that static, static energy. And it's just that energy gets trapped and it's there. You know, we're talking about an area where there's a lot of conduits. There's a lot of running water around. There's woods. There's spiritual folks. There's trauma that comes from um, weather, from, um, from these problems with either fires or with coal mines and things like that. So I think that where I grew up, there's kind of like a little perfect storm for there to be activity because when you talk to folks who channel or who know a lot more than I do, these are all factors that they talk about um, where that energy kind of just gets trapped. So it might not even be that there was a person there. It might have just been like almost like a TV going. Mm -hmm. yeah. But it's just that I could tune into the channel when other people couldn't. I'm very glad that my satellite dish doesn't pick that channel up. <laughs> very glad that my satellite doesn't pick that up. Yeah. Um, I have an older cousin who used to hate coming to my house for like my birthdays and like my little brother's birthdays and stuff because she always said that she saw a mother and a child walking around upstairs and it would really scare her. I never saw them. Um, but again, a lot of what I saw growing up was shadows and it was a lot of noises. My stuff would go missing. It would end up in a different place. And so I just would like let my room get really messy because it was less scary for me as a kid then. Right. If I didn't know where things were and I would just kind of pick them up and put them in like, you know, wherever, which again, now that I'm older on a lot of like paranormal things they talk about cleaning your home claiming your space and I wasn't doing that but again I was just a little kid so I didn't know any better and I was just scared and I didn't have a lot of people answering me or um giving me like you know the okay I believe you it was all always okay well we'll just pray on it which yeah. is not bad no it's and I mean bad. I do know that with these kinds of things prayer is always like pretty much the first mm -hmm. line that like that and even if you're not religious mm -hmm. like it's often a first line defense because you know, it's one of those things where if it's demonic, that it is with with the, if I'm if I'm incorrect, Bridget will correct me. But um, with these kinds of things, black and white, day and night, that's the best kind of like uh, analogy I can give here for this is that when you have something that is dark, the only way you can push it out is with light. And with demons, whether you are Christian or any denomination of Christianity, like more times than not the best way to rid a demonic possession or a, if, whether it's a person or a place like you know 
you have to bring in someone who is like a priest or something like that of a Christian church. Most of the time it's Catholic if I'm in, that could be wrong, but I feel like more times than not, I hear it's like Catholic priests or deacons or whatever that come in. But like, you know, with these things, it's, it's dark, it's light and dark. It's day and night, it's black and white. So when you have you, the only way to get rid of the dark is to bring in the light and light the mug up. And the only way that you can essentially do that is with prayer and things like rosaries and things of that nature to protect you because there are other ways to go about it but it seems that the most effective is usually like when it's something that severe like that bad is you're just gonna have to involve a church of some kind but i do know it is getting like harder and harder to find churches and pastors and pre preachers whatever they're called that will come in and do these things and i don't i don't know why that is do you know like why it seems as though the catholic church is kind of like moving away from that is it because they think maybe it it's like trivial or something like maybe they're feeding they're feeding into something that's not there um i know okay so i can only really speak to the catholic church um with the catholic church to do an exorcism of any kind you have to be trained and most of the time they want you to go to the vatican in rome and get trained right it doesn't, so, doesn't they have to like at the vatican approve the exorcism before you can do it like it has to run through the chain of command of it their, has to go through like bishops and stuff like that right first. There's, it's yeah. not like it's not um, themselves approving them but like there are yeah, people like, that are but, kind of, like we need to check some boxes before we do this mm -hmm. like yeah, yeah definitely um like your priest can come bless your house yeah um, yeah 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 I you just, know. I know with demons in general, it's almost yeah. always a Catholic preacher or if they're a priest, sorry, I keep on preachers, but Catholic priests that come and that they're the ones who kind of do it. And so I just noticed that like, it seemed, I know that also, it's also not becoming as common anymore to hear about demonic possession. I don't think that that means it's not happening. Um, but I just, I just always thought it was weird because even like in the Conjuring movies, which are, they're based on a true story, but like, yeah, they, they they talk about it all the time and i see it on the internet too that like it is getting harder and harder to find people that can come and do exorcisms and that can you know cleanse a space how it needs to be cleansed and yeah i mean but you have to be approved to even go start doing these trainings and the training's really rough um there's a movie called the right which is based on a book and it it goes through it and exorcisms within the catholic church can take years yeah, because it's not usually just like one demon. It's kind of like a few a few of them, like you know. And you're trying to get names. You're trying to get them out. Um, so I think that within the Catholic Church, it's just: Are you really strong enough to be doing this spiritually? Are you really ready? Because there's a lot of danger there too for the priest. So it's such a a select vetting process and the process to be trained and then to go into it takes so much time that's why it's always there's a young priest and an old priest one because they never want to have just one male priest in a room with someone who cannot defend themselves if something were to happen so now you have a check and balance system and that and then you usually have somebody who's training under someone who's more experienced um but you know you also there are instances of you know being able to get folks who are very powerful wiccans folks who are very powerful within different communities who can come in who can bless your land and it kind of just depends from what i've seen and heard and researched on 
what kind of a spirit it is, what kind of a demon it is, what what are they like, what are they doing, are they a poltergeist, are they confused, like, do they need somebody strong and female, or strong and male, or strong, and it just doesn't matter what their gender is, or what their religion is, but somebody who's got that, that shield up to be like, you're getting the fuck out, you know, um, prayer is always a good thing, anything where you're claiming your space for you, that is something that needs to happen. And so it makes sense that my dad was like, here's the best shield that I've got. Right. And we're putting it up, you yeah. know? Um, and it's just, it was like just things that I saw, things that I would hear and it made me scared. And so there was a point where I just kind of stopped talking about it a lot. My grandmother came in to live with us when I was about eight and she used to see things all the time. She used to tell me that she saw a mother and a child and she'd be like, oh, the baby's keeping me awake. I should also say that my grandmother did live under the umbrella of dementia. And some people would say that that made her more in tune. And some people will tell you that that just is her brain dying and she was seeing and hearing things. And I don't know, but I know that I spent a lot of time up with her because I was one of her primary caregivers. My mom was sick a lot when I was growing up. She had epilepsy, so you couldn't jar her awake. My dad and I would kind of just take turns with my grandmother. And um, I believed her because I heard things throughout the house and I saw shadow people. And it was kind of a scary way to be growing up. And then finally there was somebody who believed me, but everyone was like, oh, but honey, she doesn't understand, you know? So um, I didn't really, I kind of felt like I had an ally, but then I didn't. And that's also not good. And they say that a lot that when you start, you know, entering puberty and your emotions are very high, and especially if you're very scared, that can kind of uptick things. Um, when I entered high school, I got a boyfriend and, you know, I had some people who would listen to me and I felt a little bit better and a little bit stronger. Uh, but there was one time that I know it was July, no breeze, none whatsoever and super hot. And my, like I said, this house was continually being worked on. So you had to kick the front door when it would be humid and hot like that for the door to open. <laughs> so my grandmother was no longer with us. Um, my, I was watching my younger brother. My mom and dad were at work. I'm on aim with my boyfriend because I'm older. I'm an elder millennial. <laughs> And we're talking, and all of a sudden, all I hear is doom. Somebody running down the stairs. I hear the door open and close, and then the front door swings open. Mind you, this door was shut. I had made sure that it was shut after my mom left. And so I'm like, oh, okay, John's just, my brother's running down the stairs and he's going somewhere. So I get up to go out on the porch to be like, where are you going? You know, in typical older sister fashion I need to know where you are at all times and um didn't see him on the street but my brother's like super fast so I was like oh okay he's fucking fast boy he's gone and um I didn't feel right though you know like it, it almost felt like I was being more watched so now I go upstairs and he's not there and 
I haven't seen him on the street and I'm trying to figure all this out and I'm getting increasingly more afraid because this watching feeling, like just that kind of prickly <laughs> feeling on the back of your neck yeah. is getting stronger. Like, and um, my boyfriend's trying to calm me down. It's, it's like one of those early, you know, horror movies where he's like, you're fine, but we're just typing back and forth to each other. So my brother finally gets home and I rail on him. I'm like, where were you? You scared me half to death. You need to tell me when you're leaving. I heard you run down the stairs around noon. And he's like, I left before mom left for work. I left at like seven o'clock. <laughs> he's like, I haven't been home all day. Oh no. <laughs> oh no, 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 no. And like my dad's dog was like near my feet and it was like growling at the stairs. Like it just was a, it was not a great time. That's something I'm afraid of is with the dogs. I'm like, when they start barking, yeah. I'm like, oh my God, oh, they're barking because there's a demon in the house. I'm like, oh, yeah. oh Jesus. It's actually just because someone closed a car door 15 houses down, but it's fine. Oh, please. Luna, Luna would not stand up to a demon. No, Luna would be the least <laughs> protective dog. I yeah. would have to get in between Luna and the demon. So Correct. <laughs> Diesel would try to become friends with the demon because Diesel just loves everyone. <laughs> Diesel, he would bark at it initially and then he would be yeah. like, Hi, welcome to our home. Do you prefer sparkling or tap water? Like, you know, yeah. what's your preference? I think we have some cheese in the fridge. Like, yeah. do you want some crackers? Like, you know. charcuterie board. <laughs> I love Diesel so much. Um, so, Luna too. I love them both. But Diesel especially, because that's what he does. He's just like, har, har, har. Then he's like, oh, hey. You're actually not here to murder me? Thanks. Like, Oh, cool. You're my new best friend. Awesome. Yeah. I'm going to lay on top of you and you will never be allowed to leave. You never can breathe again. Yeah. Never. Um, anyway, so that was something that happened. And then I was really freaked out about. And then my younger brother was like, yeah, I've been hearing a lot of stuff on the, the stairs. And this was not something that I talked about with my little brother at all. Um, or a lot because I always wanted to protect him. Like I took on a lot of things and a lot of responsibilities because I wanted him to just kind of, you know, live his life um and he was having a tough time at school and everything like so i just didn't want that um but like i was that kid like i was always that creepy kid like i had an imaginary friend that i talked to in the basement and um my <laughs> <laughs> bridget i'm hanging up <laughs> yeah you know like it was i was just that kid I was a creepy kid that turned into a spooky adult. You are and... my nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> I know. And like, like, I'm I think... a creepy kid that saw things and heard things. That is literally like I will. I will just eat the kid into the trash. Like I don't know what else to do with it. Like, Send him back. Send him yeah. back. <laughs> Send him back. And I think my mom just didn't know what to do with me. You know, like I said, she was. She had to be careful about her stressors and like I ended up in this role of like being a protector and being a person who took care of everybody more. So I kind of just pushed everything down and I didn't talk about these things. I didn't talk about the fact that like I'd open my door at night and I'd see people and I didn't talk about the fact that I heard things all the time. Like because you don't want to make trouble when you were the one taking care of everybody. Right. Um, but I would like there would be times that I would just like run to go use the bathroom growing up because I'd be like somebody's watching me 
and um eventually you know i i went I, like i said i went to school and i was like cool you know like i'm in the same high school that my my dad went to a whole bunch of my family went to it's a catholic school so i figured there wouldn't be anything there but i was wrong oh, no. <laughs> and so that my my school because it's just this like small catholic school within like the whole region was smaller than most people's like high schools like i used to see these big high schools on tv and thought that they were made up um they're not like it's my <laughs> school was the kind of school that is like an anomaly in this country and um so we had the basement which was like below like ground level and then we had the main floor and then we had like a floor above it but so it was just like this big kind of like rectangular box of a school um like there were only 83 people in my class myself included when i graduated 435 i wouldn't even know what to do <laughs> um so i would the i would my locker sophomore year was downstairs and i got a ride in with one of my aunts who worked in the office and so I'd be there really early. So I'd be down at my locker and I'd like, you know, be like struggle busting with my math homework and stuff. And I would hear the door open. And so these doors were very heavy because again, it's an older school. There weren't a lot of like improvements being made to it and stuff. So I'd hear the door and then I'd look up and there'd be nobody there. And I always just figured that it was the janitor and I'd be like, oh, ho-hum. And then somebody was like, yeah, no, there was a different janitor who passed away. Like, and like before my dad was even there, you know? And they were like, yeah, he still just walks around and like opens the doors and stuff like that. And like, it would be me sitting there downstairs in this lower level part of the school, completely alone. Again, feeling like somebody's watching me. Like I hated having my locker down there. I hated going to classes down there. I hated having to use that bathroom. I hated that our cafeteria was there because it always felt like you were being watched. And I was not the only person that felt that. Well, at um, least that going for you, you weren't alone. Exactly, exactly. At home, yes, at school, no. No, other people. Um, so another time I was um, on the front steps with one of my best friends who I'm still so thankfully really really close with we were waiting for band practice to start and we were just kind of like goofing around um and a, a senior came over and he was like oh do you know where the music teacher is i want to go up to the chapel and practice on the organ because we had like this little tiny mini organ um and organs are tough because not only are you using your hands but there's like multiple pedals that you use your feet with oh i remember the story <laughs> <laughs> so he wanted to go practice upstairs but the, no. the chapel was always locked no so we were like oh yeah we don't know where she is if we find her we'll tell her to go find you and he was like oh okay cool he leaves not even five minutes later we hear somebody playing the organ upstairs and we're like wow that was fast and then we were sitting there and we're like wow he's gotten really good the music teacher walks up from her car and is like how who let him in and we're like he was just looking for you and she's like i left to go get stuff you know like she was not in the building and so then we figured it was like either the vice principal or the principal and we're looking around and nobody let him in we walk upstairs the doors are locked and we look through the window and there's nobody in there and we're just like doo, doo, doo. 
no thank you you know yeah, i remember you telling me that story and i was like no 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 get a new school <laughs> goodbye I recently talked to this aunt who worked there and she, I was telling her about some of my experiences, you know, about how like the books would come down in the library. Um, and that was one of the former nuns. They said that she had been a librarian there. And sometimes if she was unhappy with the way things were going, she would kind of throw stuff. So if we heard books, we would just be like, Oh, sister so-and-so, you know, I don't want to say her name and like outer. But there was like one that right, was up right, together. Too, you know, um, and we we lost a few chem teachers because of that, because like it would just be like creepy in the lab or like things would be moved in the lab and they'd be like the door is locked. We don't know how or why this happened, because, again, Catholic school, they just lock everything up like they don't really care. You know? um, if there's not a, a person within a room, a lot of times doors get locked so that then nobody will mess with anything because they don't have the money to replace equipment. So she was telling me about how priests would come in and would bless the school regularly and they just weren't telling parents, they weren't telling students because she's like, there was so much happening there. And I'm like, oh, well, that's, that's, that's validating though. Like at least yeah. you know that all that you were experiencing wasn't. Yeah. Um, but again, so it was like, you know, you would drive past the school sometimes at night and you'd see lights on, but there'd be nobody in the parking lot. Um, and again, this is in the middle of the cornfields, close to the woods. And it, it's, it just was a creepy place. And like, I was fine everywhere else in the building. Like I was fine in the library, like, but that basement, Ooh, it always scared me. And that was weird. Something about like, a basement just doesn't sit right with me in general. We don't no. have in Florida, so basements and attics, they don't <laughs> sit right with me. Um. <laughs> um, but, like, basements don't normally scare me. That one just did because I constantly felt like I was being watched I when think I was there by myself. Because in Florida, we didn't we didn't have them, like, we were too yeah. close to level or whatever the reason was. Right. But then every time that I had heard of someone having a basement... It was always with like a negative connotation around it like yeah. oh but there's a demon in my basement like it was never like a i have this really cool uh, finished basement come check it out we play foosball yeah. down here it was always like <laughs> you know like it's like creepy and the furnace is in there and it's got like the drip from the water from somewhere and the washer and dryer yeah. are there and you know like it was always like it was either one or the other it was like no 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 in between so i was always like no like i don't i don't need a basement i'm okay like the idea of the basement isn't what freaks me out. It's just like yeah. a, it's become like a like a pop culture thing, I guess, to like basements. Yeah. Are creepy, and I fell right into that trap because I think basements are creepy. Well, and that's ironic because in my dad's house, that's one of the few places that I wasn't scared. And like it, it was kind of a creepy place just because it was big, and there were multiple rooms and stuff like that. Um, and like we had like our coal chute and everything down there. Um, but the basement was not a place that I felt scared, hmm. but went to school, scared of the basement. Um, scared at home, scared at school, <laughs> scared everywhere, just perpetually scared. I, um, I, don't, I don't think you're scared now, like where you are. I don't think that you're, I don't think it's as bad. No, no, it's not. Um, and then when I went to college again, another Catholic school, 
thinking cool beans this is gonna be great um we had a, a communal spot where the laundry was and where you would get your mail and it was always creepy down there um in our dorm room hall so like the dorm room hall was like really big and again this is an older college old for america you know and this was all run by nuns my entire life has just been full of ihms <laughs> and um so there were tunnels in the school so that the nuns could take the kids different places or so they could go from like a dorm to chapel or whatever without getting wet um, I never went into the tunnels. I've been told that the tunnels are extremely haunted, but the one tunnel did go into then this part of where we were and security would just pop in and out all the time. And you'd be like, Oh, you were in the tunnel. What did you see? And like, they were always like, Oh yeah, no, I've seen stuff. And like, but again, I don't know if they were saying that just to kind of fuck with us or like if they really did. Yeah. The security, I, I believe the one security person, I don't think he would have, um, that's another thing. Tunnels, unless I'm driving through it, a tunnel doesn't sit right with me. No. Yeah. Tunnels are weird. And tunnels, mirrors, are all doorways. Um, I also don't I like think mirrors. That, that might be why I have so much anxiety about them. Like, mirrors, I know not to have them face each other. Um, and yeah. so, like, that doesn't, you know, mirror, to me, the mirror thing isn't as freaky, but, like, because the mirror, to me, the mirror's optional. Like, if the yeah. mirror's up, I can take the mirror down. Obviously, like, there's a proper way to get rid of the mirror, but I can take the mirror down and then I eliminate. Yeah. You know, once it's out of my space, I eliminate that portal. But with a tunnel, like if you, if you you're somewhere that it is structurally part of it, it's, it's always there. Mm -hmm. So it's like, you know, I know we did that episode on the Shanghai tunnels. And like, even when I was researching into those, like people were just saying like, tunnels are creepy, man. Like tunnels are portals. And I was like, they, and they have a lot of energy. Yeah. And that energy says, or not, I'm sorry, I just read something that came up. That energy stays, you know? Yeah, because, I mean, and, just stay, the, the tunnels, like, they uh -huh. have doors that open and close at the ends of them, usually, and, like, the energy gets yeah. trapped, so. Yeah. Ooh. But Hadley knows, like, she and I have been in stores together, and we've gone to walk down through an aisle where there's a whole lot of mirrors, and I will, like, almost clutch you. <laughs> like, yeah. I get so unnerved going through. Um, for some reason, the mirrors, mirrors don't bother me. Um, yeah it's the it like tunnels and basements and things like that because like yeah. i said to me i'm able to like because i can i can smash a mirror like if i bust a yeah. mirror the portal's not there anymore there i believe there is like a more appropriate like actual way to get rid of it where there's like a method to the madness that makes sense for why you do it that way but like at the end of the day if i smash the mirror the portal's not there so it's like as long as you don't but just so just have warned like and i've heard this from a lot of people like just don't have mirrors that face each other mm -hmm. like it, it's one thing if like you have your little makeup mirror on the counter and like your big mirror on the wall mm -hmm. like that's that's one thing you know yeah. and it, it, it's one from what from my understanding is you know like bridget you can you can see where i'm at right now but like yeah i wouldn't hang a mirror here and hang a right mirror here like because no, no, no. facing each other like you know that's really that's really more so what it is it's not so much the like oh my little makeup mirror like i was looking at the back side of it wiping something off it like that oh, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. not your problem it's like when you have actual like mirrors like big boy mirrors that are like facing each other that's kind of what you need to avoid um, yeah i mean and there are lots of paranormal games like that um like the three kings game um 
things like that where they are talking about what happens when you have mirrors facing each other and stuff like that. I have a mirror. I have it face the wall until I need to look at myself. Um, also, the the lore about mirrors is don't, don't, don't focus too much. Like, if you're doing your makeup and you're focused on your makeup and stuff like that, like, that's one thing. But, like, don't sit there and, like, stare at it. Because the more you stare at your mirror self, the more likely your mirror self can get out. Yeah, and then that's, so this is, like, totally that unrelated. It, it is, but yeah. it isn't related. One thing that freaks me out is you will never actually see your own face. Yeah, I hate that. I like, actually hate that. One time and I was like, can you literally just, like, cease to exist now? Because I was doing great today. And then you reminded me that I'll never actually see my foot. Every time that you see your face, it is just a reflection of it. Like, you will yeah. never physically be able to see your own face. And I was like, I could have gone my whole life without realizing that. And mm -hmm. Emily and I are also the worst about this. But, like, the other day I became... The two instances in the past couple of weeks. One, where I became hyper aware that my brain was inside of my skull. And that yeah. is a torture unlike any other. And I was like, oh my god. If I do like this... I can like feel yeah. it. <laughs> I was like shaking my head. And then the other day I was like, Emily, it's giving me a migraine. Emily, I can feel it. And then the other day she goes, you ever just think about how you can feel your lungs move? And I was like, Ugh. and then I'm sitting there. She's like, she's like, I was like, oh, I feel them. Oh, I feel them. And she, but like, you know, like the thing with the mirror just makes me think about that. Yeah. Cause like you, you become, when you, the problem is, is when you become hyper aware, like, right. Just kind of, it sounds silly, but, like, just kind of maintain your, like, your, just your innocence, in a sense. You like, know, don't, yeah, don't it's, it's, it's fine. Like, I'm not saying don't look at yourself in the mirror. Like, but if you're brushing your hair, if you're putting on your makeup, if you're brushing your teeth, you know, shaving, doing your thing, that's cool. Like, but don't just sit there and stare at it, you know? Because that's the other thing. How would you ever know? How would you ever know if your double comes out? Because you, you've yeah. only ever seen that reflection of yourself. And that freaks me out so bad or yeah. like when we do like gaming and stuff like that because i'm also in real woman of gaming and i can see my little camera self i can't look at that because i'm like something's gonna come up behind me yeah i've seen too like, many movies and like i keep spooking yeah. myself because like you, you can see i'm like sitting to one mm -hmm. side leaning on the desk and then like the chair yeah. moves and i'm like oh and I'm, <laughs> and I'm just like sitting to the side of the chair and it's just the chair moving but but no i mean i think that usually I, I might just be the only one, like, I think most of the time for most people, when you go to a mirror, you're there with a purpose. Like, mm -hmm, you're there, mm -hmm. it just, it's in your bathroom, you're brushing your teeth, you're combing your hair, you're throwing some makeup on if you yeah. do that kind of thing, if you're doing your hair, whatever. Like, you're at your mirror with a purpose. It yeah. seems like when you go to your mirror for leisure, that might be where <laughs> where it gets a little yeah. bit of gray area. But yeah. I, I would think it, we don't have that problem as much because people most of the time are at the at the mirror with with a purpose. But exactly, um, yeah. But yeah, the mirror. Like I know, I know not to have them face each other. So if you have any mirrors in your home that are facing each other, just do yourself a little favor, take one of them down, move just it a little, move it, way. move it like six inches to the right. Like you just yeah, don't. Yeah, want yeah. You just don't want to be like perfect, perfectly lined up with each other. You just yeah. want them a little, a little off center, like you know, move it a little bit. But, but yeah, um, the tunnels, tunnels weird yeah. me out, man. Tunnels, I'm like, no, I'm good, thanks. Yeah, and I would hear stuff like, cause I'd be down there like studying, you know. Um, I get overwhelmed with too many people. Um, again, Hadley knows because she's traveled with me. I've stayed with her in Florida, and there were times that I would just be like, I'm gonna go in my room for a little while. Like, yeah. I just need need some time, need some space. So I'd go down there because people didn't 
like it was weird people would seek out that space as like a place to go like there was a stove down there and like a fridge so like you would be able to go make food and you'd have movie nights and stuff like that but there were times when there really wouldn't be people down there and i would always hear things i'd always again feel like i was being watched and um it just was a weird space and most of the time it was fine, you know, like, because a lot of people would be there. So that was always like good energy. It was always like a happy place. Like we would have, again, like I said, movie nights and, um, but there were just times when it wasn't. And then especially my senior year, I had a Ouija board growing up Absolutely and not, no, <laughs> I, I, I had no <laughs> idea how in my super duper Catholic family, I was allowed to have a Ouija board. I will tell um, you, strangely enough, my granny, I believe it's still at my granny's house. She has a Ouija board, and it was my uncle's back in the day. From what I understand, if I, if, I have, if I have my story correct, it was, like, either my Aunt Allison's or my Uncle Scott's. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. if my sister listens to this, so if I'm wrong, she'll correct me. But it was one of my aunts or uncles. And it has been back there for forever and a day. And Josh and I found it a few times and we would like take it out. And of course, like it was really just like me or him one pushing it. Yeah, yeah. What I can tell you is almost every time that we played with it, Granny found us and said, absolutely not. You need to put that game back. Like that's not a game that you play. Yeah. Put the game back. And so then we would put the game back. Um, and I yeah. think that's the only reason why I was allowed to have it was because I promised that I was going to move it and that I just wanted to scare my one younger cousin and my brother and my mom being the chaotic creature that she was, was just like, yeah, okay, you can go ahead and scare them. Um, <laughs> I love that. Um, but it, that was always the agreement was that I would be the one to move the planchette because yeah. I was really good at moving it and making it not seem like it was. Right. Um, I could talk about spirit boards for a while. I now am very afraid of them and I'm like, no, thank you they have a patent i just want to let everybody know that spirit boards started off as a scientific thing and they have a patent now they're owned by a, a, a game company Hotel but, or Hasbro, or whatever it is um, yeah but that's 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 not how they started y'all we, we will have to bring, bring that on for a what what happened to ouija boards story because this is a yeah that's we'll a that's a long today. story yeah um which I did not know growing up. Like, I just was like, oh, <laughs> the exorcist, man, you know. Yeah, um, we knew nothing about it either. Granny would just always be like, y'all need to put that game up. Like, that's not a board game that y'all need to play. And we yeah. would be like, why? It's cool. And she's like, we're like, she's like, no, put the game up. Like, every time that she saw us with it, we always had to put the game up. Like, yeah. So I brought it with me senior year. And my friends were like, oh, let's play it. And I was like, oh, okay. And I'm like, cool, I'm going to scare my friends. And then all of a sudden it was like, I barely had my fingers down on that planchette and it started moving. And I was like, we have to say goodbye. And they were like, oh no, but it's going. And I'm like, no, we have to say goodbye. I'm like, y'all can play, but I'm not playing anymore. I would like to tap out now. Thank you. <laughs> but you have to say goodbye. Like yeah, everybody has to do it. Bye, it like leaves it open. Is that what it yeah. is? Mm -hmm. like i couldn't just leave the board yeah no so um we said goodbye i stepped away the rest of them kept playing it and i was like it's yours now and they were like what do you mean and i'm like i have always been the person to move the planchette and i did not move that planchette i don't know who which one of you did it and they all were insisting they didn't do it i'm like okay well then it's yours yeah that is, is no longer my problem no like this is me. I'm drawing my line in the sand. Good day, I say. Yeah. Um, 
and that that whole building was really weird it was one of the oldest buildings on campus and so our chapel was there for a little while while they were building a new chapel and that space had originally been a dining hall and then they turned it into a chapel for a little while while the campus was growing um and again i was catholic so i volunteered there a lot and i would set up for mass and things like that i used to see the shadow of a nun walking around in there all the time no goodbye almost caught her on film my friend marissa claimed she did it was on the myspace we can't get to myspace anymore <laughs> Yeah, so MySpace is back. I've you just can't get into mine. So, <gasps> oh my gosh, MySpace. Um, it's back. Girl. You, can, you can get into it. It's back. If you can figure out how to get into it, you should. Oh, I should, because there's a lot of old pictures on that. But so, she had a picture. I was always freaked out in there, and they would always just be like, "Oh, yeah, Bridget's gonna be the one to go and and start." setting up for mass and I'd be there by myself and the one time the nun who was in charge came in behind me and I almost threw wine on her like I she startled me so bad because I had been seeing things from the corner of my eye the whole time and she was like oh you're being ridiculous it's a house of God and I'm like yeah we, we do need God in here please um yeah. <laughs> when the new chapel was built I didn't see anything but this one always did Hmm. and um you know like so i would walk through there to get up to like my dorm room and stuff like that and i always saw stuff i always saw somebody walking around and like so the nuns didn't wear habits so the habits are like you know the the, the dresses that they would wear and then the um the veil sort of thing in the back yeah. um this nun did this nun always had like an older one on where it was like long. so you, you could very easily tell like not from this time yeah like not yeah. yeah yeah and like she just was like walking around and stuff she probably was confused as to why the dining hall was now a chapel <laughs> um for a slice of pizza i was trying to figure out what was happening right exactly so like it wasn't mean i didn't feel like it just would weird me out because i very clearly felt somebody following me around and walking around out there um and then sophomore year I was rooming with two of my friends and I woke up the one night and there was definitely a shadowy figure sitting on my other friend's bed and door was closed it was locked I know this because I was the last one to go to sleep because I have sleeping problems gee I wonder why <laughs> so I had locked the door nobody else had gotten up um our bath we had a bathroom to ourselves so we didn't need to go in and out to go to the bathroom and it was not my friend because she was on the bed and I saw her move it was not my other friend because she was in the bunk on top of me and I could hear her moving and snoring so it just was a shadowy figure sitting on the bed and I was like I think you need to leave now and then I rolled over to the wall and put the blanket over my head, but I was like, you need to go. <laughs> um, like there was no reason for this person to be in our room. And I, when I rolled back over, they were gone, which is good. If ghosts, from what I know, 
now I need to go do a deep dive into what this person's talking about with that TikTok. If a ghost leaves when you ask it to leave, if you're like, you're scaring me and stuff stops, that that's good. That's a respectful spirit, you know. Yeah. If and you're going to have a real spirit, that's the kind you want. Yeah. And I, I want, I, I get what she, I get where she's coming from. What she's saying mm -hmm. makes a lot of sense. I'm going to let you do that deep dive. Uh, Bridget's very well aware. Yeah. I have a lot going on right now. So I'm gonna let you do that deep dive and then you can yeah. fill me in on what you kind of find. But I also kind of find it hard to believe because they're like, Bridget and I, met at work and I we won't name where we worked at but we worked together for quite a bit of time and the place that we were in the spirit the energy was just not there like like shout out to Brie here because I keep mixing you up and calling you Brie and Bridget people are always okay. <laughs> she goes by Brie when she's like social media things like that she yeah. got a little brand she's made but I just I've always called her Bridget so sorry but Brie okay. um you know she literally used to like her shift would end hours before mine and would stay with me just so that way I didn't have to be there mm -hmm. by myself because even like even she said like the energy here is just not right like something here it's not it wasn't bad it just wasn't right and yeah. so there's I do think there's a difference and like you can kind of like I said to me I'm not, and like I had crystals and stuff that like Brie kind of helped me navigate what to buy with those to help protect myself and things of that nature. But like, it was never necessarily, my thing is, is I just was scared of something attaching to me. And it, something, there was different people at the place saying different things about the one room upstairs and that mm -hmm. like whatever was there was not good. So upstairs had a not, it was not, it did not pass the vibe check. Upstairs was no. a bad vibe. So literally every night when we were getting ready to close, Brie would literally go up the stairs with me. And when I tell you, we would do everything we could to have the upstairs completely shut down by like before the sun went down. Yeah. Because once the sun went down, it was a whole different vibe up there. Like it just wasn't, wasn't good. Um, but I do believe that there are some that are good and some that are bad. I can't, I can't imagine that every presence is demonic. I don't, I don't no. believe that. Um, no. Because like, I, I know, um, I know you were saying like, and I, you might, you may tell the story, but there was the, what was it? You were watching your cousin's kids or whatever. And like, they mm -hmm. said like, oh, there's the, there's the grant, like the older lady, like she's nice. And she, you said she just like sat on your, on the kid's bed and she was like, she doesn't mess with anybody. But like, I think you told me that like, you think she was there to protect the kids, like because yeah. of what you experienced in their house, which I won't tell your story, but what you, what you experienced in there, like you think that she was there to protect the kids because I do think that sometimes there are like there's light and dark and everything there there has yeah. to be light and dark with that like i can't imagine that that would just be a purely dark entity because sometimes i do think some of them are there to protect like whether it's a guardian angel or whoever it is like yeah. i just think sometimes that there are some that are not there with ill intentions like it's just like the, it is what it is for them so they know yeah. where they are and they do what they can to like protect the people who can't and i yeah. just I have a hard time believing that everything is demonic like that yeah. uh, that woman says same and you know like college then was the place where I started to get validation more so about the fact that I was seeing things and hearing things you know I would have friends would be like yeah I saw something on the stairwell yeah you know this that um and it made me feel a little bit better about myself and a little bit stronger and then I finally got some validation from home because the one night my brother was 
away for the evening because he had gotten into diocesan band. So then that's a big concert. You go for away for like the weekend. And then Sunday, usually you have this concert that you do. But so you stay with a host family um, and you do like a lot of intense practicing on Friday and Saturday. It's really fun. Um, but so he was at that. My dad was at a fire and he had been at a fire and he was not home. My mom was home alone. She was downstairs. So my bedroom is directly above the living room. And she called me and she was like, someone is stomping around upstairs. No one's home. I went up there. I didn't see anybody. She was like, what is going on up there? And I was like, I don't know. Maybe it's all the things that I've been telling you since I was like four years old. And she was like, don't say that to me. You're scaring me. Sometimes I sleep in your room. And I'm like, how do you think I feel? I sleep in that room all the time. Yeah. And like, not only that, like at that point, you had had all of those years to kind of like accept what it was. And then it was even more frustrating because people weren't listening to you. And then now like, here's your mom all these years later, like, Bridget, I'm, I'm scared. Like, what is it? And they're yeah. like, telling you this for like tw- uh, 20 years now. Like, I don't know what you want. She's like yelling at me about the fact that there's somebody stomping around upstairs in my room in work boots. Like, yeah, it was I'm me like, and my dad. I forgot to tell you I came home. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. You it's know. To mm. my ceiling fan, I adjusted the blade height. So that way when it <laughs> rotates, they just run around. Like. Yeah. Um. And again, it was coming from a place of her being scared. And then she yeah. wouldn't, she wouldn't sleep in my room anymore. And she was like, I I don't know what's going on in there. Um, but she became aware of the fact that then there would be nights when she'd be by herself and she would hear it. She'd hear somebody walking around up there and that it was very much like in my room. And then John would be yeah. like, yeah, it's always been in her room. Just your luck. <laughs> Did you pick that room or did they pick for you? Yeah, uh, they picked it for me. And my little brother was just like, yeah, it's always been around her room. It's always been by the stairs by her room. It's always been by her room Mm -hmm. or in her room. And so he has a theory that it was always kind of just for whatever reason, because I was receptive to it or like, like we said, my TV station tuned in, you know. Your satellite's (laughs) picking up extra channels, babe. You're not paying for it. then (laughs) they stayed around me because I could give them attention. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, And I was like, oh, well, that's great. Thanks a lot. Um, The one summer I came home and like I said, I was going to go work at the mine as a tour guide. And I was really excited because my degree was in history. I wanted to be a tour guide. I was like, this is great. I can walk here. And it's my history. It's my local history. So I was talking to a friend about it and I woke up that night and there were two people standing over me. One was a man, one was a woman. (laughs) And I, until now, have always had my bed at as many walls as I can. Right. Because it felt safer for me as a kid. I never wanted my bed like against just one wall. It had to be against at least two. So one person was coming through the wall and the other person was on the other side. And there was a man and he had on like a very high collar and it was like buttoned to the side, not even in the middle. And then there was a woman and she had on a high collar and it was like a very plain blouse and her hair was like pulled into like this kind of severe bun. And they just were staring down at me 
Oh, I remember you telling me this. This gave me chills the first time you told me this. I was like, no, 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 no. Good day. So I shut my eyes and I said, you're scaring me. I need to go to work tomorrow morning. Everything's fine, but I need you to go away. And I opened my eyes and they were gone. And I'm very acutely aware of the difference of when I'm asleep versus when I'm not. Hadley can attest to the fact that I'm a very light sleeper. <laughs> um, it comes from caregiving a lot as a kid. Um, I don't sleep well. Me either. And when I'm awake, I'm awake. <laughs> I'm not, so, I can, I very seldom nap. I'm the same way. Like once I'm up, I'm yeah. up today. So it's like, I can't, no matter what time of day it is, like once I'm up, I'm up. Yeah. I mean, for me who just went on a 42 hour bender of not sleeping. So <laughs> yeah, I slept 25 hours of 42, 25 minutes and 42 hours. So <laughs> yeah. But so it's, I know that a lot of people will be like, oh, you just were seeing things or you were waking up from like, you know, a dream, but it wasn't this, this was real. But again, they were respectful and they, they, they went away. I think that they were just really confused as to why I, a female identifying person at that time was going to go work at a mine. Yeah. Um, and probably didn't want me to go because that was a very dangerous thing. Yeah. Um, I wish that I could tell you that I saw stuff in that mine. Didn't. Felt creeped out. Felt weird vibes. But didn't see anything. So we're going to skip through the mine. Because I scared people in the mine. I had a great time. <laughs> Living your best life. I, I was. <laughs> Just this tiny person in the darkness. Scaring the bejesus out of people. Um, while doing these tours. And because there was a point where we would purposefully scare people folks you know um to self never visit the mine cool <laughs> uh but like you know like or i went to like the jim thorpe jail where the handprint is and everything i didn't see anything in there one of my friends even locked me in like a little cell felt nothing saw nothing was super bummed out um, really, only this was when I, was, I was bummed out didn't get a poltergeist <laughs> because this was when I was younger and I really loved making white people choices yeah. as my one friend would say yeah that's what it was really so it was it was um, the Shane Madej of my group just seeking it out and being like eh. <laughs> um, so then I you know, there was weird stuff in college. Um, when my mom passed, I saw her. But that's something that my family always said. Um, I don't know if it's true for all Irish Catholic families, but my family always said that people would come visit. And you could expect that in that little bit of time before you would get to the wake and the funeral. And that's one of the reasons why Irish wakes are so loud is because you want the spirit to understand they're dead. It's time to move on. Come say goodbye. Listen to us. Let us let you know how much we love you, but it's time to go. And so I did see my mom after she passed and she looked the way she did when she was in the hospital. Um, she died of cancer. So she had like her little hat on and I feel badly about this, but I shut the door on her. Like I had woken up, I stood up, walked to the door, opened the door and sent her love and was like, listen, you're gone. 
and I shut the door on her. And now I feel bad. Like, I feel like I should have listened to her. Um, I've gotten visits from uncles and things like that who have passed. And those things have happened even when I wasn't living in the town that I grew up in because I've moved away. Um, but you know, that's just the thing you get visits and you just kind of let them know that you loved them and that it's cool and you move on. Um, my brother has said that since I've left the house, that it's gotten a lot better. Um, that it's, especially now he said it gets very quiet. And so he thinks that it was all very much attributed to me. Um, there was a couple of years ago where I went home and I was home by myself and I was just kind of hanging out downstairs with my dad's dog and the dog started barking at the stairs and I heard somebody run down the stairs and I was like, Oh, Hey, it's back again, you know? And then all of a sudden the TV turned on and this was an older TV too. So like you needed the remote and all this stuff. And I turned it off and it was just like, okay, we're done. And we're going to bed now. Like, here I am. Oh, you know what? My mom, uh, my mom's calling me. I gotta go. Like <laughs> my, I gotta, my mom said I have to go home. Bye. Uh, Bye. We can't play anymore. You know, my mom but, can't. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Um, but like, even when I go home to visit, which obviously I haven't for a while because of COVID, um, I now sleep in what was my brother's room and it's a very different vibe. Absolutely. I would, I would not sleep yeah. in that room. <laughs> There's not, I was literally going to tell you, there's not enough money yeah. for a baby to sleep in your childhood bedroom. No. Yeah. Well, it's real different now because my brother and my sister-in-law stay there. They stay upstairs. My dad stays downstairs. They've kind of, you know, just done this thing. Um, so the vibe in the house is a little different. Um, I think, again, they've claimed the space. They've made it more theirs. So. But also, can I just, with peace and love, Bridget, you're not there. I know. So that because there be, does seem to be a common denominator, right? And so, like, not that it makes you—it's not a bad common denominator. Like, no. it's not a bad thing to see ghosts and experience it. It just makes it, like you said, your satellite—you get a different channel than I do. Yeah, and I think that's what's most intriguing about it all to me is like hearing and like, guys. I obviously you guys can believe what you want to believe, but I have literally not one ounce of my existence to think Bridget is lying. Like, not one part of me thinks that that like. Out of all the things Bridget could lie to me about in the world, this is not one of them. Like, I've watched the, the... Obviously, she's had more time to cope with the things that happened, but, like, there's still, like, a sense of, like... I, I want to say fear, but it's not really fear. Mm -hmm. I think now it's more, like, knowledge and more understanding of what it was you were experiencing. But, like, watching her, like, tell the stories in firsthand, like, in person, in the room, having her tell me the stories, like, we were literally in a room together hearing all of these, and you could kind of sense like some anxiety to an extent mm -hmm. like a physical like manifestation of something that you could just kind of tell like a shift in the tone of voice like a difference in like how you were kind of sitting and how you were talking and whatever and like you know i think now like you telling them now it's totally different um and i think it's just like with knowledge is power really is what it is yeah. so i there's i have no reason at all like to in any way shape form or fashion like there's a lot of things that you could lie to me about and i just there's there this, would, <laughs> this wouldn't benefit in any way no. for either of us for you to lie to me about this so i like like you know like she said at the beginning there's no if you don't believe that's totally fine but like these are just like to me it's so intriguing to hear stories from someone who has been through something that i have not been through because i find it interesting but i don't i'm not interested enough to try to go find anything but yeah. it's um it's 
it's just cool to hear stories about things like that. Like it, it to me, it's obviously a lot more trivial because I'm just kind of like, oh, it didn't happen to me, so I'm able to like disconnect a little bit. But you know, like I think what you went through, like like you said, now looking back, you kind of know, like, no, that was a sign of like this, like me doing yeah. it as a child wasn't necessarily like normal, quote unquote. Like, yeah. And to me, I mean, I don't like I said, I don't think it's a bad common denominator. I just think that, you know. I'm I'm scared for all y'all if you go home. So <laughs> I um it's also different right now too because like I'm we're we're not talking about these stories at the place where we worked where things were happening and that was the reason why we were talking about these stories was because right. there had been a trigger and then I was like, "Oh, you don't need to be scared because I'm here with you and if something happens, I have a little bit more experience or it'll, you know, it'll probably come do things and mess with me and not you which i don't think really helped you that's um the, but, that's the door that opened that led us down the rabbit hole because i was like yeah. well, what do you mean you like there's gonna mess with yeah. you because then i was also like where's bridget have i don't why does the ghost not want to <laughs> why don't you want to talk to me girl like <laughs> i'll say her um, name y'all are both there i'll say her name so it's true know. i don't even go back there yeah. um I but could we'll technically not be farther away from them on the continent of the United States than I currently oh. am, so I'm good. Um, but we can talk about a story that did scare me and still does scare me. So Hadley started to talk about it a little bit. I have, again, a bigger family. So I would go and I would babysit for my one older cousin and she had two stepchildren and her daughter. So her daughter's my goddaughter and... Um, we have a theory that it's like very specific people in my family see things and then it's kind of like just how much you see um so this cousin her mom would see things she's the only one of like my dad's siblings that believes me with that stuff and then her daughter sees things and then i would see things so I'm going to go take care of her kids and she'd be like yeah there's a woman who lives upstairs but she's fine You'll see her in the window sometimes. You might see her like, you know, or you might hear her walking around upstairs. And I was like, oh, cool. Thank you for telling me. Now I know I don't need to be worried. So there were nights that I would stay over at her house or sometimes I was there really early in the morning or later in the evening. Um, and there was one time when I was there later waiting for her husband to come home and I heard somebody walking around and so I thought it was their son and I went to go upstairs and be like buddy you gotta go to sleep you know and I saw somebody on the, the bed and sitting up and I was like I said his name and I was like bud and then I looked and I realized he was passed out and sprawled out in the way only small children can be yes as I would be down for the count for about five business days um, if I yeah. saw the way that I see some children sleep right I'd be my back, done. My back hurts looking at you. <laughs> exactly. My neck would not be able to move anymore. Right. So I was like, oh, this is the woman. And so instead, then I said, thank you so much. Have a good night. And I walked downstairs. Like I acknowledged the fact that she was there and that she was watching over the kids because the other child was in the attic upstairs. Like, so you went through. You went up the stairs and you either went through this one child's room and then you would get to go up to the attic where the other child was sleeping or the other way was um my cousin's bedroom with her husband where um the the kind of in-between crib big girl bed was for my goddaughter at the time 
Um, so I checked on her. Fine. This happened a few times. You know, I saw her, I'd hear her and I was just like, oh, okay, cool. You're here to take care of us. Grand. Um, and then, so one night I was actually staying over because she was working a night shift. Her husband had to leave at like a weird time in the middle of the night so that he could go somewhere else. So get all the kids to bed. My goddaughter is like babbling and she's just like, you know, that she was that age where they're no longer toddlers, but they're still learning a lot of words and stuff like that. And so I'm upstairs, I'm exhausted because I was working two jobs and I was like, okay, buddy, because I call all children, buddy, <laughs> it's time. Like you've got to get into bed. Either you're sleeping in mommy and daddy's bed with me, or are you going to sleep in your big girl bed? And she's like, oh, my bed. And so, you know, I'm moving the bazillion stuffed animals, most of which I've bought her off of the bed <laughs> to make room for her. And then she's talking about a ghost. So now my older cousin and I had talked about this and we were like, if kids ever say that they see a ghost, we're not going to be mean about it because she knew how much it upset me growing up that nobody believed me. Right. And I said, I really don't want to do that to your kids. And she was like, no, that's fine. You can acknowledge it. It's cool. Um, so I'm like, okay, buddy, you know, you don't have to worry about the ghost. The ghost is nice. And I was still a practicing Catholic at the time. And so I had, um, holy medals that I wore that had been blessed by the priest. And so I was like, listen, look at these, you know, we've got this. We're never going to be in danger. We're fine. Like I started to take a page out of my dad's book, um, had her get in bed with me, had her pray, could not get this child to sleep. Finally, I gave her my holy medals and she now is even more like talking about this ghost. So I bring her downstairs. Her dad was still there. And I was like, I will wake up after you leave if she needs anything. Put her on the couch. She passes right out. Like the minute she's downstairs. I go back upstairs. And when I tell you that the vibe in that room was different, it was like night and day. I felt so unwelcome. I felt watched. I felt agitated. And I felt like somebody was agitated that I was there. And now I don't have the medals. I don't have anything. I'm just trying to sleep. And I barely slept. I get all the kids up. I get them all ready for school. We're good. Put them on the bus. I go to tell my older cousin about it. But then I had to go home and get ready for work and do my two jobs. Go do my two jobs. Um, go hang out with some friends for a little while. Get home. Exhausted. Wake up very early in the morning. And there was a huge shadowy presence in my room. And this is totally different than anything else I had experienced. I've already heard this, but I'm sitting here like, uh, uh, like. I, I feel tight in my chest. Still talking I about know. it. I already know. Like, I have never been so afraid in all of my life. I was terrified. Could not move out of my bed. Couldn't do anything. I screamed. My dad and I share a wall. He does nothing. My brother, like the, the hallway between the rooms is very small. My brother does nothing because he was home visiting. Um, they told me the next day they didn't even hear me yell. They didn't hear anything. Oh no. <laughs> so I am in my room screaming 
paralyzed. I was going to say, in, like, literal sleep paralysis at that point as well, so... Um, and this thing is just looming in my room. Slightly closer, slightly closer. And I did the only thing I could think of, which is put the covers over my head. And just prayed. And prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed. And finally took the covers off and it was gone but it still felt so scary in my room so I barely slept I call my cousin the next day because it was a weekend and I was like what the fuck's in your house that you're not telling me and she's like oh what do you mean and I'm like no (laughs) what's there other than the woman it's at my house now what is it (laughs) and she goes okay here's the thing and I was like I will murder you for not warning me what what's the thing well, yeah, because so, you, took, you took your blessed medals off, and those are very, yeah. like, you know, like, she was saying earlier, like, there's different ways to kind of go about, like, protecting yourself and, like, having blessed medals or, like, things that have mm-hmm. even if they've just been, like, dipped in holy water or the crystals, crystals are another way, like, yeah. things that you can do to protect yourself. Um, and so, like, the place that we worked at, I was legitimately, like, looking into buying some earrings that were, like, little crosses or something, even mm-hmm. just something so small as that like just kind of showing like a hey this yeah. is like this is where i stand with this like you can protect yourself but like you had given your blessed medals to your goddaughter so yeah it that's that's why you think it followed you home though right is because yeah because yeah, she kind of i'm sure you'll explain it too but i remember you telling me this and i was just like so once i get these little crosses i need to keep them in my ears all the time and never take them out <laughs> <laughs> yeah so I, she tells me that it's been really scary in the house and that something had been knocking the cross off of the wall that was above the, the bed and that my goddaughter was really scared of it and that she would be crying and she would wake up crying and um, that my cousin was now getting very concerned because like I said, it was knocking crosses off the wall. It was doing all this stuff. And she was like, why are you asking? Did you see it? And I was like, no, but I felt it. So then I tell her everything and I get to the part where it was in my room and she was like, oh. And I was like, I taunted it. Essentially, I taunted it. Like, I, I pulled the Zach Baggins yeah, you without were, knowing. Because that's what we were saying earlier, too, is like, there's kind of like a thin line mm-hmm. to walk where it's like, you can kind of respect that it's there, but then in a sense, you can also yeah. like disrespect its presence. And mm-hmm. then that, like, you had no way to know, though, like, exactly. she literally just, like, took off the blessed medals and was like, this is what these are. This is what these do. I'm going to yeah. give them to you. You're going to be protected. And, like, that's all that it took. And I don't know, maybe I'm, like, I, you know a lot more about this, but isn't it kind of ballsy that it was knocking crosses off the wall? Like I it thought that That's it's not a good thing. I thought that anything holy that they came into contact with, it was like a, like they had to be like hella mad. Like yeah. they, that's like Whatever. a level of demonic because most yeah. of the time, like that's why in exorcisms, like the priest is holding a cross, like mm-hmm. it's because they're afraid of them. And if they're touched by them, it burns or something like that will happen. And so for it to be knocking them off the wall, I don't, I don't remember you telling me that part of the story. So that to me, I'm like, that's concerning. Like, yeah, that's definite. That's some dark shit. Which um, is what I was going to tell her because like the reason why metals crosses crystals you put a little bit of yourself and your faith into that so 
and it, it can't, can't take it. It's strong enough that it can move it, that it can shove it around. That's not good. That's yeah. never good. That's where you get to the parts of like shadow people that you'll hear people talk about where they're you're like it's demonic or whatever because you've all heard me say in a lot of these stories i talk about shadowy figures shadowy figures this one i think was a shadow person or something bad because there's a difference between a shadowy figure that can't manifest and a shadow person um and they're scary you know, and there were some people who were like, no, I have a shadow person as like a guide. And that's a big thing going on on Witch Talk and on like a lot of these sites and things like that right now where people are like, you cannot trust any of that. Some people are like, you can. Whatever this was, was not good. Yeah. And so it's the just, first time. I just Googled like just to just so that way there's kind of like some clarification mm -hmm. on what exactly a shadow person is. So it says a shadow person is the perception of a patch of a shadow as living as a living humanoid figure and interpreted as a presence of a spirit or other entity by believers in the in the paranormal or supernatural world. So from what I understand, like you've you've seen one. So like there it's basically just like a blacked out figure that looks as though a person is standing in your like mm -hmm. standing in front of you. But it's like there's nothing. Like there's no facial, there's no face. Like it's just kind of like almost yeah. like looking at a silhouette or a shadow of someone. So and you just know so big. I remember you saying that you were like it was huge like it was consuming yeah. the whole corner of my room it was in and it was just yeah. like you were like I could feel it staring at me but there was like like you know it's a shadow so there's nowhere yeah. for you to really like look or go. Um, yeah. or go and so that's yeah I mean hearing that it was like moving crosses and things like that because I do know that like there's I've seen in like movies and stuff like yeah. getting turned upside down on the wall and stuff like that yeah. but like that's usually like pretty deep into like mm -hmm. exorcism or like there's someone in the house that's pissing it off like a priest or yeah. they've brought holy water or like blessed metals or something well, and sometimes it's just that like it wants to oppress a person because yeah. there's, there's steps to a possession and yeah. or it really wants to scare things sometimes it's a spirit that's really really mean and that's how it's got the the more power it gets that's what it's going to use its power for to right be exactly. scary and to be because mean once, and once it figures out a niche to scare you and mm -hmm. get power like that it sticks with yeah. what it knows because that's and, but not and that's why i'm saying i don't think that i totally believe that other woman that everything is demonic yeah. because that older woman that was there like i just i have a hard time because yeah it kind of sounds like the older woman unless was, was keeping it in um, and that's what I've always thought, and that's what my cousin always thought. Unless it, she was just this thing taking on a different form to make us feel safe, yeah, and then do this. Um, or some people say that it's demons. So again, it kind of depends on what your spiritual belief is, what your practices are, um, with what this thing could have been. But my cousin was like, I think you should come and bless the house. And I'm like, in what world would I bless your house? Mm -mm. You call my dad. You know, my dad was in school at that point to become a deacon. I'm like, you get him, you get the priest. I am not blessing your house. Yeah, I just happened to be there with blessed medals was all. Like, I'm not. Yeah, and that in and of itself made it mad, and it followed me home. So then... You know, like I'm there trying to get my dad to bless our house. And he's like, there's nothing here. You don't need to worry. Thankfully, it was close to a, a holy holiday where you get chalk and you can kind of like anybody can get this chalk. And there's like a little prayer that you put on, like, you know, 
your front doors and stuff like that. And um, so he put that on our wall because he always does, you know, he always puts it above the doorway. Um, but I started hanging rosaries on the door then like to my room and stuff like that. And it didn't come back, but I think that it was just wanted to scare me and show me that it could come at any time because oh, I, I inadvertently taunted it. Um, I, I agree with you wholeheartedly. Um, but it was, that was the scariest thing I have ever experienced in my life. And like, I don't know if you have any more stories, but like half of me wants to end it there just because of how like terrifying that is. <laughs> but like, I do think we should at least talk about where we worked. I almost said. The That's play. what I was going to say. I was going to yeah. skip through my other ones because they're kind of tame. And also I have a story about. We definitely there. need more episodes with Brie. Like, yeah. Because just a plethora of knowledge into a subject that, like I said, I'm intrigued by it. I just, and it's my, it's a, it's a line of self-defense for me. I choose not to yeah. investigate too deeply because I do know that there are things like, like the Dybbuk box and things like that, that even just researching into them can cause problems for you. So yeah. there are things like, there are things that even just saying their name, which I look, you think the Dybbuk box is one of them, knock on wood. Um, so if you just like yeah. saying their name and like giving them that thing, like there are certain things that when you research into it, it. You know, and so I just, I don't go into those things just to protect myself. But the place we worked at, um, Bree did have some experiences there. And like I said, I personally, I never saw anything. I never, I never personally experienced anything other than just like dramatic shifts in energy. Like the daytime and being in the upstairs, the energy was not what I wanted it to be, but it was not like an uninviting energy it was just one of those things where it was like as soon as you went upstairs you were like whatever i'm here for i immediately need to do it and i just immediately need to finish like mm -hmm. it was a i don't go upstairs and hang out i don't go upstairs and like you know mm -hmm. just mess around or whatever like whatever i was there for i immediately took care of whatever i needed to do and i would leave and then it kind of started becoming a thing where like other people were experiencing things and some people were mm -hmm. some people were saying they were seeing kids and some people were saying like you know sue nancy who bridget is going to talk about like i once it got to be nighttime i would literally leave and leave lights on upstairs if it meant that i like i would not go back up and there was a few times that like i kind of got like talked to about it but like the owner definitely was one of those people that was like, that's not real. Like, we don't believe those things. And I was like, literally, like, you can take the cut of the electric bill out of my paycheck. I don't care. I'm not going back up there. Once it got to be dark, I would not go. It was different if someone was there to go with me. Um, yeah, like, sometimes I'd go back. I preferred it to be Brie, but there was sometimes other people, like, you know, she had something going on, she could stay. Um, and other people would go up with me. But I could not... Um, and like, I even had, it, this was a, a place of business of a certain variety. And I had things done in those upstairs rooms. Like I came to the business as a customer and had things done in those upstairs rooms. And it was totally fine um, because it was during the day. But at night, just a big shift. Yeah. So the one time I was working in the kitchen and the neat thing about the kitchen is that you had a line of sight of everything else pretty much in the building i could see both of the doors where people were coming i could see where the front desk was which is where hadley worked <laughs> and i could see the bathroom um just because of the way the kitchen was situated and so i was making fresh lemonade we're in the south that's how we roll <laughs> and um the person who was working with me was outside working on the plants i could see him 
Was it and Serena listens to the pod? Yeah. Was it Serena working the front desk? Yeah, shout out Serena. Serena. You've made it Serena. this far. Shout out Serena. <laughs> she, uh, yeah, she was working with you at the front desk that day. I wasn't there. Yeah. yeah. Who takes no nonsense? Literally, like, yeah, not, a, not an ounce of it from anybody, no. No. Um, so Serena's at the front desk. We didn't have anybody scheduled to come in. Um, and it was like a weird, slow, like, weekday. So there wasn't anybody in the cafe, which is one of the reasons why I was like doing this lemonade thing. Cause if you've ever made fresh homemade lemonade, it takes a while. Um, <laughs> so all of a sudden I look up and there's a woman peering around the corner into the doorway at me. And I was just like, Oh, okay. And she was a little bit older. Like she looked like she was in like her fifties, mid fifties, um, dyed bushy blonde hair, in a ponytail just kind of staring at me like almost like confused and so I went to finish the squeeze that I was doing and I was going to greet her and open the machine back up and she's gone and I'm like oh okay she must have gone to the restroom whatever I'll catch her on her way out um finish up the lemons realize that some time has passed um the other guy had come back in so I holler out to the Serena at the front desk and I was like Serena where did that woman go and she was like what what are you talking about you know that we don't have anybody on the books until like one or two o'clock in the afternoon something like that I think and I was like nobody came in and she's like no no one's come in you know like she's really confused about what was happening and so then I go and I open the bathroom door nobody's in the bathroom I walked around didn't see anybody and she looked like either a Susan or a Nancy. So I jokingly started to call her Sue Nancy. Yeah. Um, I did not feel anything bad or threatening from Sue Nancy, but there definitely were other things in the building that felt a little yeah. bit more scary, which now knowing that other story, you can understand that if I tell you something scary, that's right. Scary. Yeah. The way that the upstairs was designed is these, like I said, it was a business and we don't want to say what kind of business it was just because we, you know, we're not saying where it was, what it was, but, um, you know, people would come in and things would, you know, they would have to go upstairs sometimes for the things that they were there yeah. for. And it also kind of sounds like we're talking about like a sex shop. That's not what this was. <laughs> um, <It's> not. <laughs> it was a legitimate business guys. Like, yeah. Um, but so um you know that upstairs room there's the the way the best way to describe it is the stairs it kind of like led to a loft area essentially mm -hmm. where there was like a, like a little there's some chairs where you could sit and wait if like you know the person was getting the room ready for you um and yeah. then there was like another like we had some storage off to the one side up there which like over there in particular that's where the vibe felt worse to me mm -hmm. where all that storage was but then there was two rooms well there's three rooms i apologize there was one that was super tiny that one didn't bother mm -hmm. me there was the one that that tiny one connected to, which were both used for the same kind of services. Um, that one eh, was okay. But that first one, when you come up the stair, first door on the mm -hmm. right, that's the one that something, there was like tiny little, like basically like half closets in each of those, in each of the bigger rooms. Mm -hmm. um, and they were used for storage, like towels, sheets, whatever. God, this really sounds like a sex place, but it's not what it was. Um, so, I swear. I swear. Um, and so the that one room in particular something multiple people had and like the people that worked there were like very in tune and like reiki providers and things of that mm -hmm. nature and so just very in tune with like the spiritual side of things um 
and multiple of them all said very similar things like there is some kind of dark entity that exists in that closet in that one room and it doesn't bother you like it does it it never messed with anybody but it was just like the presence of it being there was very it gave a lot of people a lot of anxiety like the clients that were in the room would kind of just be like a little on edge a little like you know, kind of like twitchy and fidgety and things of that nature while they're getting their services done and whatnot. And, you know, then I, one of the people that worked there, um, she said that she definitely like, she kind of like spiritually like looked into the room and she said for sure, um, something was there that was not, not kind thing and then there really wasn't anything that happened too much downstairs like there was that one room in the back by the bathroom did not get good vibes from in there um but no one else really said anything bad about back there but then there was a few times where like people did say that they would see like kids kind of like come like there was one time that uh one of the people said that they saw like a little girl like kind of poke her head into the room and they were like hey like are you looking for your mom and then she just kind of like disappeared in the same breath like she was gone so it wasn't 95 percent of it was not necessarily like bad vibes but it was just that one room that where everyone and i want to say that one of them they kind of did like a little bit of like cleansing in there to try to a bunch of us did some stuff there were about three of us who did energy work and who were trained in reiki um i have a master level in reiki and we would go upstairs and we would do energy work up there to keep it really clean and i would physically also clean the building yeah and would say you know what our business was that if you were a creature of light and love you were allowed to stay but if not it was time to go and i would leave doors open and i would give them a countdown and i would do energy work throughout it along the way um like there was one there were a couple times when like glass would fall around me and again i think it was because i was the person who was like like when people didn't want to be there by themselves, they'd call me back and be like, I need you to come help me. But also in her up. Defense, she literally like you could throw a rock and hit where she lived yeah. in the place. So it's yeah. not like she was having to come all over hell oh, yeah, yeah. to get back to where but, we were. Like it was like a five minute thing and she was back. Yeah. <laughs> but like also it was because they felt safe for having me do it with them. Yeah. Um, I mean, what, I just gotta tell you though, like what a bad bitch energy to be like, you've got ten seconds to get the hell out of here <laughs> before like we're done like yeah, and like she said, I mean, there was a few instances where, like, some not-so-nice things happened, but yeah. it was really, and, like, at the end of the day, like, the glass shattering, it is scary, but, like, it's not the, it's not the worst, it's not the, it's not, like, the worst thing that could have happened, um, yeah. but 95% of the time, it was not, it was just, like, you could tell, like, there was a weird energy, but it was not necessarily a bad weird, it was just kind of like a, I don't really care for this, but I don't feel like I'm in danger, yeah. um, Except for this one story, which I'm going to tell you. Oh, no. And then we can end because I think... My mom told me I have to hang up. (laughs) Because I don't think I got to tell you this because this was a more recent one for after you had moved and everything. So with COVID, we did close for a spell like everybody had to. Um, And I felt bad because I didn't get to go like clean or anything before I left. And by clean, I mean both physical and like spiritual. And um, we were going to start the process of reopening, but we were having work done on the, we were going to have work done on the building. I walked into that building by myself and went to go get stuff from upstairs near that room to bring it down. 
and I was terrified. I couldn't I see you, anything. I think you did but, tell me about this. But I might have. But I felt so scared. So scared. And it was weird because I can't explain to you now why I felt scared. And, like, I spent a lot of time alone by myself in that building. There wasn't anybody in there. I had locked the door behind me. Like, the, the place had been locked up. It was almost like a weird time capsule of the day that it shut down for COVID to this day when I was opening the door. And I grabbed the things that I needed and I legitimately ran down the stairs and was terrified and then was like why in the world am I running down the stairs like I have a master level in this I know how to you know protect myself I know how to protect people around me but I couldn't even think like that like I just was so so afraid and it was afraid in a way that I hadn't been since that night and I went downstairs and then immediately started putting like you know good energy and stuff and everything and a lot of my friends were like you should have just left the building but i was like other people are coming in like we nope. have to put that's stuff their up to deal with them nope that's their deal with. i'll be gone i'll be gone girl right. um but like i'm not gonna lie there was a moment where i stood in the middle of where we worked and i was just clutching what i had gone upstairs for and was terrified so that's probably a good one to end on yeah um I 100% have every intention of we will probably be doing multiple episodes with Brie <laughs> because just like the vibe of our podcast and like what it all is, I like the idea of having someone because like I said, I already know that Emily and myself are probably not going to look too much into some of these things just to protect ourselves, but having someone like yourself where like you have the extra like almost like it's like a level of protection with Reiki and everything and you know, you kind of have the knowledge on where to draw the line for yourself and so... I like the idea of you, like, especially because, like, your Ouija board stuff. Like, I want to hear about that. Like, how you were saying it's patented and all that. Um, and yeah. I want to hear all about that. And so, I hope that you guys enjoyed this episode. I know this one was super, super long. But... Yeah, I'm sorry. Honestly, I lost track of time. No, no, no. <laughs> like, I'm in no... I'm so happy. I just scared the absolute shit out of myself with that chair again. Like, I was like this. <laughs> that I was you slowly moved? And then I just... It was very slowly... <laughs> And I was like, ah, okay. <laughs> but no, I mean, like, if there was going to be an episode that was going to be super long, I love that it's this one. I really do. Because <laughs> I think, too, I think it probably helps you some, too, to have myself and other people, like, validate what you went through and tell you, like, no, that's, yeah. I believe you. Um, and I'm happy to, I will preach it till the end of my day. Like, Bridget has no reason to lie to me. Brie has no reason to lie to me. Um, and I know Emily believes you just some of the because i i tell emily more off my mm -hmm. like, off recording than what i say on the recording and so she's definitely a lot more aware of like the things and i know she probably will listen to this episode we don't listen to our own podcast um so she will probably listen to this episode because she wasn't here for the recording but i mean i want to thank you so much for like telling your stories because i know that for some people like those are super personal experiences and they are not yeah. comfortable sharing them so i want to say thank you so much and I hope that everyone listening enjoyed it. I know this is a long one, but like I said, if there's an episode to have be a long one and in Bridget's defense, her podcast is literally her watching movies. So it's not yeah. unusual for her podcast to go for an hour and a half, two hours. And it doesn't bother me yeah. at all. It's like, I feel like we've been talking for 10 minutes and it's been an hour and 57. So <laughs> I feel like it's been 10 minutes, but thank you so much. 
Um, Thank you. I really appreciate it. And I love getting to be able to talk to my friends. I love it too. It's so much fun, but I appreciate you. I'm not going to plug our socials in this one. We're very inconsistent with plugging our social media. It's really great over here. Uh, Pat and I. Yeah. (laughs) One every three or four episodes. We're like, oh, by the way, we do have all of this, but like, if you guys liked this episode with Bridget and you liked more of this kind of content, please let us know because Bridget, Brie, sorry, I keep, I'm going with both. Okay. Brie can definitely come back. Uh, <laughs> very easy, very, like, very easy to do with her. Super simple. Um, we can definitely have more content like this. And we can also, it will be shorter episodes than like. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it'll be shorter. But I, I like that you were able to kind of, from start to more recently, like, tell some of the more you know, you kind of got to go through it all. So I like that. Um, but yeah, guys, um, I hope you guys enjoyed this. Thank you so much, Brie, for coming and telling us all your spooky stories. Um, yeah. I'm home by myself. So <laughs> me too. Yay. Perfect storm we've created, but, uh, <laughs> Emily and I will catch you guys in this episode and we will have Brie back on very soon. Bye guys. Thank you. Bye.